0: our scripture passage today comes from Luke 8 43 through 48 and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and though she had spent all her living on physicians she could not be healed by anyone she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased and Jesus said who was it that touched me when all denied it Peter said master the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you But Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. good morning trinity trinity park man glad to be here um, you've heard my name throughout the service but my name is chris cooper and i am the ruf campus minister uh, at north carolina central university and i'm honored to be here and humbled at the fact that i could come uh, preach and bring the gospel to you this morning uh, first and foremost before we begin um, i just want to give honor to whereas honors do and that's to your lead pastors your elders to you for supporting North Carolina Central University, RUF, um, and because of your support, uh, things are going going fairly well. We actually just became the third um, recognized RUF at an HBCU campus in the history of RUF. So, um, Bible studies are happening. We, we have our first leadership board um, God has been gracious and he has been good. And um, people's lives are definitely uh, being impacted uh, by RUF on campus. So just want to thank you for that um, and get that out of the way. Um, and as we go on, man, uh, man, as I was sitting there um, just watching that video, uh, thinking about the oppressed and everything, I was like, God, just, just keep me together. Keep me together, man. Um Yeah, that if you don't see that and it doesn't hurt your heart. <sighs> oh man, and, and 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 just that's just not in your prayers to, to, to man, you just to pray to God about that. I, I don't know what will, uh, to be honest with you. Um But my God is faithful and he's sovereign, and he has it in control and uh. We can rest on him, but, man, in loving the Lord, we we speak for those who who are in unjust spaces, and and we love those who who may not have the privilege of things that we have. So before we get started, man, can we just pray real quick? Father God, uh, grateful, grateful that you allowed us to wake up this morning, and you allowed us to come together and fellowship with the brethren and have joy grateful about that, Father God. Holy Spirit, do the work that you are designed to do. Man, lead us and guide us into all truth when, when we seem to be walking away from it. Be a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway, Father God, as we walk throughout this dark world. Holy Spirit, soften the hearts of men so that the seed of the word of God may be firmly rooted in our hearts, so that we may be a tree producing fruit, not for our own glory, or for our own self-gratification, Father God, but for your glory and your glory alone. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we deal with St. Luke, 8th chapter in the 43rd verse, we come to see that Jesus is walking to a particular place. Before we got here, he's talking to Jairus, and, and his daughter is sick, and he's walking to, to go meet his daughter. But there's a story that actually happens in between that story. And this story is about the woman with the issue in blood. And as Jesus is walking, right, I believe now he, he's probably a celebrity. He's healing people, people that heard about his whereabouts what he's been doing, his proclamation as the son of God, you know what I mean? Jesus is coming into town and, and well, part of the disciples' job, which I find funny, is to kind of be like his bodyguards and make sure nobody is touching him. Like, why do y'all have to get so close to Jesus? Can you let the man walk? Can you stop crowding him? Can, can, but everybody just wants to touch him because, hey, we all have a need, right? We, we all need Jesus for something. And and as this is happening, it it explains this woman. This this woman has been dealing with the issue of blood for 12 years. It says that she has gone on to see a multitude of physicians, of, of doctors, you know, individuals who could help her. And she has given all of her finances to these individuals because she just wants someone to deal with this issue. I, I can believe her mindset. She probably was traumatized. She she probably was dealing with her own self-inflictions and, and doubts and, and wondering, why, God, do I have to deal with this? Why am I going through this? And because this condition she actually was an outcast she she was looked down upon she she was marginalized she was voiceless and and people didn't see her as someone in the mainstream she didn't fit into the culture so in dealing with that this lady had a whole lot of issues Now, I don't know about you, but one of the most exciting things about doctors and people who do things is that, you know, when we have an illness, there's so many different processes that are happening that eventually a doctor seems to have a gain. And we say, you know what, maybe this doctor can help me and that can't. But if you went into the doctor's office and you realized no matter how many experiments, no matter how many things that have been done, nobody can find the answer to your situation, I think you will start to become a little bit hopeless. I, I think you will stop pushing to do it. And guess what? While doing it, you won't realize that your finances is actually going broke. This woman was in a low place, but this woman represents a lot of us. This woman represents a lot of people in today's society. It is a lot of individuals because of physical illness, because of doubts, because of different afflictions, because of being oppressed, because of being voiceless, because of being um, not able to be actively heard, that they're just like her. She's an outcast. She's looked down upon. She's not in mainstream society. She's not in mainstream culture. And all she's saying is, I just need I just need somebody to help me. But everybody is just walking past her. It's amazing to me that all these people are trying to touch Jesus, rubbing up against them, and they're just looking past the poor old lady who said, I need Jesus too. It's amazing to me that all the disciples are just worried about what they have to do, and this poor old lady who's trying to Jesus, they're just ignoring her. The question is, how many times have we done that to other individuals who may need Christ? We're just trying to look for him ourselves, but we just keep walking past. We just keep saying, as long as I have Jesus, then I'm not worried about the person who's voiceless. I'm not worried about the person who, who needs him. I'm not worried about the hopeless individual right there yearning for a savior. I'm just going to keep having him to myself. What I love about this story is as it progresses, right, Jesus Christ is walking. She touches Jesus. She's instantly healed, right? Jesus stops and goes, hold, somebody touch me. Now, mind this, he's been rubbing shoulders with people all day. Why was this woman so important? Why, Why was this individual who touched him, all of a sudden he had to stop hey, hey, somebody touched me. See, despite this woman's place in society and in culture at that very moment, d- despite the fact that she was voiceless, despite the fact that she was marginalized, despite the fact that she was outcasted, she heard of Jesus and understood, I needed to make a way to him so that my need may be fulfilled. Don't you know individuals who may not have a voice, who may be oppressed situations who who may not be able to speak out, they need Jesus too. And and they're looking for ways to get them. I done been to Dr. So-and-so. I done been to Dr. So-and-so. They haven't fulfilled my need. There's still hopelessness within me. There's still something void. But guess what? I'm oppressed through the way because I need Jesus she had to push through the endless doubts. She had to push through the endless hopes. Doctor saying, I can't help you. She had the trauma of not being in normal society. She had to push through so many things, but she still decided to do it. She still made her mark, and she still got there. And guess what? Jesus honored her. Where all those people wouldn't honor her, Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? He honored her. He said, look, baby, I know they're not listening to you. I know you're an outcast. I know you've been stomped. I know you've been marginalized, but I hear you, baby. I have to stop and I have to make sure you know that you touch me and I I acknowledge you. See, when he did that, it's amazing to me. Right? The people around who touched you, the disciples, like, what do you mean who touched you? everybody touching you, Jesus. Like, what, what's going on? Like, did Joe over there touched you? I'm trying to hold him back. Mary over there probably touched him, trying to hold her back. Why, why are you stopping? When he got touched the first time, he said it, nobody stepped forward. Imagine this, this woman just got healed. It's usually what we see is when somebody get healed, oh, thank you, Jesus. Right. We get the we get the show. Oh, we pass out. He healed me. This woman just got healed. Her is just not fixed. And because she has been voiceless and been traumatized for so long that when Jesus is saying oh, touch me and he's stopping the crowd and he's looking around, she's afraid to come forward. She's afraid to just step up and say it was me. That's systematic that's saying I've been here for so long these things have been happening to me for so long that the trauma and the hurt in my life even when I touch Jesus and have been healed I, I, I don't want to step forward because I just don't know how I'm gonna be accepted I, I just don't know how people are gonna look at me I just don't know if, if mainstream society or culture is gonna hug me I just don't know that me and my marginalized state is that if I take a step I'll, I'll go two steps back Backwards, and they outcast me again. I just don't know. But Jesus stood there and he said, who touched me? He made it a point. He made a statement at that very moment. I know y'all trying to rub shoulders. I know y'all know who I am. But guess what? I do care about the oppressed. I do care about the voiceless. I do care about the marginalized. I do care about those who don't have the same privileges as y'all. And guess what? I need her to know right now that I'm right there. She doesn't come forward until finally. It says in the scripture it opens up and shows her what in the world, how all of a sudden it just opened up and show her like she's the one who touched them, right? It reminds me of like, you ever see those movies I'll be watching cartoons with Drew and then something happens and then somebody stops and then they'd be like, oh, and then it parts and it's the person. I'd be like, come on, man, this is crazy. And then Drew be like, dad, I told you it goes like this. Drew, this ain't real life. Right. But he stops. He, he 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 recognizes her and she realizes, man, I have to step forward now. I have to come before all these people who have been making me hidden for so long, who have not been listening to me for so long, who has outcasted me for so long. I have to become. And the first thing she does is try to make this big story up. She has to explain herself. Do you see the trauma in the situation? She has to actually explain herself. Her, so, oh, oh, Jesus, it was me, but I was... Da, 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 da. Like she literally has to come and just kneel down and explain herself in front of all these people. But Jesus was telling her, now it's your time to talk. Now it's your time to be in the front. We have to acknowledge the fact that Jesus is merciful towards the poor. He's merciful towards the rich also. He's, he's merciful towards the privileged and he's merciful to the unprivileged. He's, he's merciful to the ones who are mainstream and he's merciful to the others who are not. He hears the voices of those who may have a bigger voice in today's society and he also listens to the voice of those in the closet. He listens to the main people and the marginalized. He has time for all of them. They are his children. And he said, baby, I, you are my child right now, and I'm listening to you. He's faithful to his promises in word, regardless of how you think he should be faithful towards it. He was telling them right in their face, guess what? I'm not like you. I care. What I love about this is as Jesus allows her to come forth and she's made whole because, you know, they need Jesus also to be made whole physically, to be made whole mentally, to be made whole within the same soul that you do. We both once were lost, but now we're found and it was the good gift of grace that was given through us through faith by Jesus dying on the cross. They need the exact same thing as us. And as he's listening, he, he does something that's so profound to me. See, when I got married to my wife, my daughter was nine years old, my stepdaughter, but she's my daughter. I love her. But she exposed in me so many selfish things that I never thought that I had in my heart. Right. Because in her being now my daughter, she had the privilege to be adopted into everything that I own becomes hers. Right. And then being adopted, that means, you know, my job with my money, I provided for her, you know, my with the house that we had, she lived in, I provided for her. And I started to realize that there was times where I would just be selfish and be like, I don't know if I want to do all of that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to take that forward, man. How 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 would her father feel or how would such and such feel? And then I start reading the scripture, right? Jesus does something profound. He calls this lady his daughter. He doesn't say you with the issue of blood. He he doesn't say you who has been healed. He he doesn't say, hey, the person who's been dealing with this their whole life, let me go through their history and show y'all how you dealt with this. No, he says, look, I know you've been outcasted, but you have been accepted with me, daughter. I have adopted you in the same place where these people think I have adopted them. So you, you belong to me. You are my daughter. You are an heir. You are a king's king. You, you're a royal priesthood. Guess what? I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what your history has been. I don't care how much of a voice you didn't have. Guess what? To me, Jesus Christ, you are my daughter. You're a part of me. Everything that I gave to you through the cross of Jesus Christ, guess what? You have it now. Because you're one of mine. When I was young, my dad would call me Chris. My nickname was Bolt because I got these big feet, right? And that comes from football. So if you ever hear somebody say that, it's my nickname. Don't laugh. It's just, um, but it's a particular time when my dad wanted to speak to me. He would say, Son come here. And I knew when he said, son, no matter how many boys was around, no matter how many friends I was chilling with, he was talking to me for Cooper. He was talking to his kinsmen. He was saying, you of me, a part of me coming from me. Come here, son. I have something to tell you. Sit down. Jesus, no matter who was in the crowd, no matter how many people were talking and trying to get to him, he said, daughter, come here. Daughter, I hear you. Daughter, it's me and you. You are a part of me. You, you are of me. You're saved. You're made whole. And you have everything that I have. And you have everything that you need. And I've heard you cry. And I'm right there with you, daughter. Come on now, you adopted. Could you imagine the feeling in her heart? How many names she probably been called? How many times she probably been ghosted as the the college kids say where they just don't even acknowledge her. Could you imagine her trauma and pain and just for somebody to say daughter for somebody to say I love you that much your faith has made you whole I acknowledge you come unto me I, I, I got you you are a part of me just for that hug. The question is are we doing the same thing? If Jesus adopted us, if Jesus died on the cross for us, if we had the free gift of grace because it wasn't by our will, but it was by his will, are are we doing the same thing? Are are we the disciples? Are we the people who are so into trying to rub against Jesus, hugging him up and say, I'm here for you. I'm with you. I want to be with you because you're my God. Or are we being selfish and individualistic while we see the marginalized, the unspoken, the people who are pressing and the depressed there? Are we ghosting them? Are we them? Are we the disciples saying, what do you mean somebody touched you? Why would you touch them? Why would you stop for her? Are we doing that? Or are we like Jesus. Who at that particular time and purpose in all of his sovereignty made a point to say I know all these people are touching me they are they are a part of me but this particular person who's been outcasted I need to make an example and show them my glory through her too are we making a point to see those who are marginalized to say hey I hear you but let me show you the love of Christ. Let me the same person who calls me son who has a Stop you! I, I know you've been struggling. I know. You've been are we doing the same thing? Are we? Are we just as merciful? Are, are we just as graceful? Are we listening? Are we paying attention? I would like to leave with this in Psalms. 147, 2 through 3, it says, The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. He heals the broken heart, and he binds up their wounds. That particular moment in her society and her culture, Jerusalem, Israel. They were God's covenant people, but even within her being a part of God's covenant people, she was unaccepted. She was outcast. But God says in the scripture, hey, man, I got you too. I come to get you. I come to get the broken, the brokenhearted. I come to get those outcasts also. Think about this. Even in scripture with the covenant people, he came also to get the Gentiles to grab them a part of the covenant where they was once through his son through his son so number one maybe you in that situation maybe you like the woman the woman is a great example of what society is like today i don't know where you land but maybe you feel oppressed, depressed. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with the issue of blood. Maybe, maybe it's a mental health issue. Maybe you just need to be made whole. you You just looking for Jesus. Understand this. Number two don't stop fighting to get to him. Don't, don't allow yourself to become, become hopeless because he is hope. Because when you see Jesus and you feel him and you know him and you're reading your scripture, guess what? He's going to make you whole like the woman is there, but keep, keep going and striving to get to him and just get to know him last but not least understand that jesus cares he's merciful and he died on the cross also for you and it's exemplified by him stopping at that very moment saying somebody touched me looking at that individual and saying guess what just like they are a part of me you are too You are my daughter. I affirm to you that you are a part of me that no matter what you're going through, that can't take you from my hands. And I loved you enough to die on the cross for you, to hear your voicelessness, to to be with you through your oppression. And I'm here, baby. I'm here with you. And I'm going to love you forever. You rest in the loving arms and in the peace of our forever loving Father. Jesus Christ, and know that he didn't just come for the mainstream. He came for those who are out of the stream awesome. And he didn't just come for the privileged, but he came for the unprivileged. He didn't just come for the people who have voice in the society, but he came for the voiceless awesome. He died on the cross for all people. And just like he was there for her, he'll be there for you. Let's pray. Father God, we're we're grateful for your word. We're grateful that it pricks the hearts of men, Father God, that it allows us to self-evaluate and know you a little bit more, Father God. Father God, you tell us to to grow in you, Father God. And while growing in you, Father God, let us grow and also acknowledging and understanding those who who, who may be voiceless, those who may be marginalized, Father God. Let us not be like the people blind to it, Father God, but allow us to see it, Father God, and not only to see it, but to act and to acknowledge it and to love, Father God. Teach us how to love, Father God. Let us be kind. Let us be patient. Let us keep no record of wrong, Father God. We know that love is forever. It, it, we always have faith. We always have hope. But out of all those things, we have love, Father God. Teach us how to love not only those who are important in our lives, but those whom we see out there, who who seem to be out of place, who seem to be disoriented. Father God, let us love all men, Father God, as you have loved us. In Jesus' name, amen.